0: My name is Daniel Doty, and my cell phone is on the screen. Um, I'm Deacon of the Week. I, I'd love the opportunity to pray for you, uh, encourage you however I can, um, and um, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dearly, Father, I just thank you for this day, Lord, the blessings that you provide us. I just uh, lift us as we worship you this morning, Father, uh, that we can take, uh, take the message and Use it, uh, use it throughout this day and use it throughout our lives, Lord. Guide and direct us in all that we do, us that we fail you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Please remain standing for our gospel reading. This morning it comes from John chapter 11. And just a reminder, when we're reading the gospel reading, many times it is as if we are sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to him teach. And this morning as we read together, let's... Uh, be good good students and listen closely to our master one day jesus was praying in a certain place when he finished one of his disciples said to him lord teach us to pray just as john taught his disciples he said to them when you pray say father hallowed be your name your kingdom come give us each day our daily bread Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me, the door is already locked and my children and I are in bed, I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need so i say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be open which of you fathers if your son asks for a fish will give him a snake instead or if he asks for an egg will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Luke eleven one through 13 Amen. You may be seated. So as Jesus taught us to pray, this morning as we sing this next song Holy Spirit living breath of God this is a prayer and we just as the scripture just said ask seek you will find let's pray together this prayer
1: It's so, so. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship him. A thousand reasons for my worship is full. This is my firm foundation the rock on which I stand
0: when everything
1: around me shakes
0: Let's all stand together. Our psalm reading this morning is from Psalm 138. And as we've just sung, our God is not only great and awesome, but he's good to us. He is a good God. And part of our worship this morning is celebrating his goodness. Read with me, please. I will praise you, Lord, with all my heart. For the gods, I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and will praise your name for your unfailing love and your faithfulness. For you have so exalted your solemn decree that it surpasses your fame. When you called, you answered me. You greatly emboldened me. May all the kings of the earth praise you, Lord, when they hear what you have decreed. May they sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is exalted, he looks kindly on the lowly. Though lofty, he sees them from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. The Lord will vindicate me. Your love, Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. Psalm 130. All my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul,
1: mountain high.
2: tricks us, Kevin. (laughs) All right. Well, I mentioned we had a great vacation Bible school. Michaela, come right on up here. Um, For 20 years, I have been saying there is no reason why we should not have 200 children enrolled in vacation Bible school, but we've not. Until this year. Woo! 222 children. 222 children enrolled in Vacation Bible School. 83 workers. 305 total. 191 average attendance. Yay. Yay, God. And I want to tell you, I want to tell you, it's due in large part to this woman, Michaela Allen, our children's pastor. She, she did a great job recruiting help, promoting the Bible school, and I just, yay God, she's on her way to being one of the great children's pastors in our state. Thank you, Michaela. <laughs> That's all i <laughs> It was a, it was truly a great week. And and one other thing I will add, if you spend just a few minutes at the end of the hallway and watch the children outside at the playground, you'll just, perhaps you'll have the same response I did. It's worth every penny of it. The kids just love it, they were having a great time uh, what a wonderful, wonderful addition to our ministry. So again, thank you uh, for this. Well, a few, uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, we I, I talked about uh, um, the spiritual person as we continue our look at uh, First Corinthians, and in the early uh, chapters of of uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul helps us understand what it means to be a spiritual person. And so when he gets to chapter 12 uh, through 14, he's not, this is not his first time to talk about the role and work of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. But he lays out for us in these early chapters just the what it means to be a spiritual person. A spiritual person has a bond With Jesus, which is enriched, which is grace enriched, grace equipped, and grace empowered. That's out of chapter one. A spiritual person has the mind of Christ, which gives them the capacity to know God and know Him better, and is a committed follower of Jesus. Out of chapter three, two, and three. A spiritual person develops unity in the church and dispatches the gospel in the community. Um, I think that's out of part of chapter six. And the a spiritual person honors God and helps others get to know Jesus. Out of chapter six, so with these with these qualities, rem- just reminding you of these qualities, we come. To look at um, uh, chapters twelve through fourteen as a whole, but we 're breaking them up because there's more there than what I can cover in um in a Sunday morning but chapters four or twelve through fourteen really Paul takes these chapters and he helps us understand and and apply. Acts eight. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Notice, notice Luke records Jesus as telling the disciples that you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and And when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we become something we were not. We become his witnesses everywhere we go. Um, And so these, so in chapter 12, Paul starts talking about the spiritual gifts. Now, when we talk about spiritual gifts, you know, Baptists don't know much about spiritual gifts. I mean, that's just just not been something we've focused on historically. Um, And and so let me give you just, there are three ways of looking at spiritual gifts. Um, There's the continuation of the gifts. And so people who who teach and understand the uh, gifts this way, um, they see God at work in this day in the same way as a continuation of how he worked in the day of the apostles, um, the, the uh, another group in which Baptists probably, well, some Baptists fit into this category of modification that God is at work through the power of His Spirit in in um, um, in a similar way as to what He was in. The first century and with the early believers the the difference the modification is when pastors and prophets and teachers today speak a prophetic and an inspired word it 's not equal to scripture see when paul when Paul spoke and when Peter spoke and when these guys wrote the, they were under they were under a unique inspiration of God where God was by the power of the Spirit filling their minds and actually giving them the words to speak and to say well that God works in us he continues to inspire but not quite in the same way that he did with those early early apostles and then then there's just the cessation a lot of Baptists believe it's over not that it's over, over, kind of over, but that when it comes to spiritual gifts, they are no longer, they're no longer at work. The problem with this, the problem with this is if you think God's not working in the area of spiritual gifts, then you also have to think God's not doing miracles and God is not um, um, giving, you know, supernatural revelation. Certainly, I don't think God's giving supernatural revelation right now, but I do believe in miracles. And so I fit in that middle category. I think God is still at work in the power of his Holy Spirit in unique ways. Not exactly as he worked in the, um, among the first ones. So because, because mission, spiritual gifts are mission critical for the church. We don't operate in our own strength. We are dependent upon the power of the Holy Spirit to empower our lives and and equip our lives and use us to accomplish what he desires. We have Paul's teachings on the spiritual gifts because the Corinthians did not understand God at work through the Holy Spirit. And their lack of understanding of God at work through the Holy Spirit led to abuse, abuse. 12, 13, and 14, Paul's correcting, attempting to correct their abuse. We need the lessons on spiritual gifts today because because the church, for the most part, especially Baptists, do not understand the spiritual gifts. And and because we've, and, and it's led to neglect. We've just neglected them. And so we've left our churches powerless. Um, This abuse and neglect of spiritual gifts leaves the church powerless in the practical accomplishment of our mission. So this is, spiritual gifts are mission critical to accomplishing God's vision for this body and for his redemptive vision for all of, of humanity. The Spirit Lord God empowers his church in three ways. So the Spirit Lord God, and that comes out of First Corinthians here, um, empowers the diversity of the church. So First Corinthians chapter 12, Verses 4 through 6. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in them all and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Variety is the genius of God. He, he when, when this week at Vacation Bible School, we've looked at, the, looked at the creativity of God, and God loves creativity. He loves variety. If you don't believe that, just look around this room. Just look, you know, we're all, we are all different. And not only are we physically different, but we are all different in that he is working in us in a variety of ways to, to accomplish his purpose. So Paul's, Paul's words, different kinds and distributes, share a common root. And when he talks in, about the different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, the gifts, the gifts are freely given they're given by God, uh, by His favor. Um, they are charismatic in the sense, in the sense that that's the that's the word. They are the charismata. They are they are grace gifts given to individuals in the body of believers. And all these all these gifts have their source in the grace of God. And the gifts are handed down by the Spirit of God. They're not worked up by us, but they are, they are gifts. They're given to us by the Spirit. There's a, there are different kinds of gifts, and we get on into later reading, and then on later in the, the chapters, we'll see several of those different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of service. But the same Lord. Now, Paul is not using synonyms at this point. He's he's helping us understand how how the Spirit of God empowers the church. So he gives the gifts, and the the outcome of these spiritual gifts in the body are this is service, and and the ter, this term describes the gifts. What the gifts make possible. Because because you and I have received these spiritual gifts, we have capabilities beyond our natural capabilities to engage in what God is up to so that more than what we could accomplish in our own selves gets accomplished. It is, they are they and so these services are the many kinds of ministries that bring glory to God um, and they grow out of people using their gifts, so it's a progression of gifts, service, and there are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work now the workings this this is the, the the New Testament word for energizing so they are spiritually we are being spiritually energized by God it's this is this is the power of God in action so as a result you see we have we are given the gifts when we use the gift it results in ministries and and when we use our gifts resulting in ministries, they are, the, the use of them is accomplished by the power of God at work in us. And the variety of gifts are sourced to us from the spirit Lord God, reminding us that you know, God, is not, God is not multiple, He is one. We know him as spirit, we know him as Jesus, Lord, and we know him as God, Father. And Paul uses all of those uh, ideas about God when he talks about gifts and services and workings. And when the spiritual gifts are operating in a congregation to equip us for various Christian ministries. It is the mighty Spirit, Lord God, who is at work. And the result is that the church has energy because it is spiritually energized by the Holy Spirit. The Spirit, Lord God, empowers the unity of the church. Listen to what he says. In verse 7. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. To each one, so when he says to each one, who gets left out in this room? None of us. So, to each one, gifts are given. No one in God's family misses out on the manifestation of the Spirit. And so when, 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 God, when we come to faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God comes to dwell within us. And His indwelling Spirit then equips us with spiritual gifts that, which enable us to engage in ministries under the power of his working in and through us. And all of this is for the common good. The manifestation of the Spirit is congregational. Through the manifestation of the Spirit, we receive a variety of of enabling graces. And your gift mix prepares each member to minister in the body of Christ so that every one of us has a piece to put in the puzzle of what God is doing with our lives and in our lives and through us. The Spirit, Lord God, has given each of us a special way of serving others. Each local church is empowered by the Spirit and has everything it needs to accomplish its discipleship-making purpose. You see, that's our mission, is to make disciples who make disciples. And we have everything we need locally, in this within this congregation to accomplish the mission if if and that's a huge if if you put your piece in the puzzle but what happens is some of us we lost our puzzle piece well, we didn't really lose it. We just don't know where it is. Because we laid it up somewhere and we forgot about it. See, when we all bring our peace to the puzzle, he is able to accomplish his mission through us. But it takes all of us to complete the picture, the Spirit, Lord God, empowers the uniqueness of the church. Verse 8. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguished of spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and still to another the interpretation of tongues all of these are the work of one of the, are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines Through the distribution of spiritual gifts, God crafts the unique, each church unique, and each part of its mission specific. Because our mission is different from any other church in Clinton. Because God has placed within us a unique gift mix that's different from every other church in Clinton. But God's vision. His redemptive vision for Henry County includes all of us working together to accomplish His dream and build His kingdom, not just our own little domains. We are called to work together. We need the other churches to be healthy and functioning in the spirit if we are to reach Henry County for Jesus. We are a small, unique part of God's global vision of redemption. So it goes way beyond Henry County. God sees the world. And he loves the world. It's a lost world. And he loved that world so much that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And that's his vision everlasting life for everyone, and we, we are called to be his partners in bringing about the reality of his dream for humanity, and takes all of us working together. No gift is exclusive. The Holy Spirit is the gift. Now, part of the abuse is, you start looking at the gifts, plural, And you miss the gift singular. It's the gift singular that makes all of this happen. It's the Holy Spirit at work in us. And the Holy Spirit begins his work in us in some ways even before we become followers of Jesus. Before I was a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit was wooing me, attracting me, helping me to see Jesus and have a desire to know Jesus because on my own I had no desire to know Jesus. But his spirit woos me into a relationship with Jesus. And once I confess Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life, the Holy Spirit then indwells me. He comes to live within me and within you. And the Holy Spirit lives within us and he empowers our lives. And he is the gift of life in us. And he is the gift of life through us. And so it is the Spirit, the the Spirit, Lord God, who lives in us. And all of these gifts are bestowed. They are not earned. They do not constitute a measure of our spiritual maturity. As Christians, I remind you how Paul puts it. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one as he determines. So I don't get to decide what gift I want and work it up within myself. No, it doesn't work that way. The Holy Spirit decides who needs what gift in order to be able to be equipped to do the services empowered by His Spirit that He calls each one of us to do and to be a participant in. Yeah. We are not climbing a spiritual gift ladder. We are surrendering. And as we surrender to him, he distributes into our lives the gifts we individually need to be active participants in his vision for humanity, vision of redemption for humanity. The spiritual gifts are expressions of God's grace For the purpose of empowering his redemptive mission, every follower of Jesus and each Bible practicing church has a unique place in God's mission. We have a unique place in his mission. There is a problem. I want to call it the anemic church. Now, according to Mayo Clinic, anemia is the lack of enough red blood cells to carry adequate oxygen to the body's tissues. See, when we, when members, when members are not discovering and using their spiritual gifts. The church is anemic. The number one, the number one system, symptom of anemia is fatigue. The church is fatigued. The church is fatigued because a few of us are carrying the load for the body that results in an anemic church. A church that's half doing what God envisions her to be able to do. And so as a follower of Jesus, you know, this is, this is time to hold a mirror up and look at your own spiritual life and look at your own involvement in what God's up to, and the and are you discovering? Have I discovered gifts? And the, I'll get into this more in following Sundays. But the best way to discover God's gifts for your life is start doing something for Him. And when you start doing it, you'll discover an equipping that gives you passion and energy. And you'll say, oh, maybe this is where I belong. This is where you belong. You belong to him because his spirit lives within you. And his spirit desires to awaken in you the gifts he's already given you. Some of them are working and some of them are waiting. And some of them are totally neglected. And the problem, the problem of the anemic church is the neglect of the spiritual gifts that have been distributed to the body. But it all begins... It all begins when the Spirit of God takes up residency in my life. Through the confession, Jesus is Lord. And so, if you're here this morning, and you're not yet a follower of Jesus, I've been talking to followers of Jesus. You've already recognized that. But if you're not yet a follower of Jesus, let me just talk to you for a moment. Because God loves you. He loves you so much that Jesus came to die on a cross for you. So that you could have everlasting life. And and Jesus said it himself. I've come to give life and to give it abundantly. And he offers to you this morning the gift of life through the confession, through your own repentance. I'm a sinner. For the wage of sin is death. That's just one sin, by the way, if you look at the text, Romans 3, 23. For the wage of sin, one sin is death, everlasting death. I know I've... I've, I have people tell me all the time, I'm a good person. It's not a question of whether you're a good person or not. Do you have one sin in your life? Have you ever had one sin in your life? If you have ever had one sin in your life, then you are separated from God. But But it doesn't have to be that way. Because Jesus died on the cross. So if you recognize you're a sinner and you confess Jesus as Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, the promise of scripture is you will be saved. So this morning, if you're in the room, we're going to stand and sing our song we're going to stand and sing our song. And as we sing this song, if you, if you felt the Holy Spirit wooing you, come to the front and share that with me. If you're looking for a church home, we exist to fulfill the Great Commission by loving people into a growing relationship with Jesus. Come and join with us in the mission. So we'd welcome members at this time. While we're singing, if you have a decision to make, I ask you to come and make it here at the front. If you join us online, why not you go to our website, firstbaptistclinton.church and click the I Want Jesus in My Life button. Or you may text or call me at my personal number, 660-890-4150. Let's have a conversation about giving your life to Jesus. While we sing, if you're in the room, Please come.